0: a couple of weeks ago, or I don't know how long ago, but anyway, I just felt led to go back uh, to that because I need to finish chapter 4. And uh, how many knows uh, we need to take heed to what the Word says? And uh, I think this is going to help all of us. The Word always helps us. You know, I found this out. We can pick and choose what we want to hear, but we need to hear it all. Amen? Amen. And so, uh, you know, I say, I just want you to preach the good stuff out of there. I found out it's all good. Amen. I found out it's all good. Sometimes it brings correction in our life that's not good at the, at the moment, but praise God, it helps us as we learn and grow. Amen? But anyway, I'm going to start with verse 17. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I started for verse 1 and on, and we all read the first uh, chapter, a few verses there, where it says this was written to the saints and the faithful. And so uh, we're saints. How many believes you're a saint? I know you can look around and say, well, I know they're not. But uh, actually, uh, the thing about it is, is uh, I've heard so many people at uh, uh, funerals, they'll say something like, well, they weren't no saint by no mean. Well, let me tell you something. If they were saved, God considers a saint. Yep. Amen. If they were born again. Did you know saint does not mean Perfect. Most people, if you think about saint, you think about perfect. No, that isn't what, what what the Bible talks about being a saint. A saint is somebody who knows Jesus, who knows God. And so we're going to look at verse 17, and I'm just going to kind of minister along the way. And, uh, and I'm going to be in the New Living Translation, so most of you are probably in the New King James Version, but we'll have it on the wall. It said in verse 17, With the Lord's authority I say this, Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. You know, He's telling us, warning us not to do it. He said, don't close up your hearts and and don't close up your minds or harden your hearts towards God. Can Christians do that? They sure can. There's a lot of Christians have hardened their hearts toward God. They don't want to have nothing to do with Him no more. And he says, you don't be doing like that. You, do, you need to keep your hearts pliable to the Spirit of God. It says, they have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. And you know, it's amazing how in Romans, and I, I'm going to uh, uh, go to Romans chapter... Uh, Chapter one, Romans chapter one, because we're going to kind of look at different scriptures that Paul writing, because Paul wrote both of these, uh, of these, uh, books to Christians. Y'all believe it was to Christians? In verse 18, let's read verse 18. Because, listen to this, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, and uh, nor were thankful. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to jump to verse 21. I'm going to start reading that in the... Uh, uh, I'm going to start back over in verse 18 because I knew this wasn't sounding like I did read it today, and it's going to be in the New Living Translation. It says in verse 18, But God shows His anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because He has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. They have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, listen to what it said, as a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise, instead they became utter fools. So he said, listen, because they didn't acknowledge God, they didn't worship God, they didn't acknowledge Him for who He is, their minds became dark. You know what we need? The, the Word of God is light. You know what the Bible teaches us in Romans, that uh, we're not to be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Well, how do we transform our, uh, our, our minds? It's by light. Because the Bible says you once were darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. And so he was talking about over there, he says, you don't need to be like the Gentiles and you don't need to have your minds darkened and being confused. You need to have your minds enlightened. And I'm telling you, we as Christians, we got we to gotta stay on top of things. We got to stay on top of things because I'm telling you, the devil will invade your mind. Did you know that? You said, well, I'm a Christian, he can't. Listen to me, you can sit and think on dark things and i tell you what, darkness will start taking hold of you. He won't possess you because you're a child of God, but I'm telling you what—he'll—he'll he'll come in and start getting you to live in fear. He'll start getting you to question the—the—the the, the characteristics of God. You know, there's a lot of Christians have fallen plumb away from what God's like, and what the Word says about Him. Why? Because of darkness. And so he says, as Gentiles, you need to avoid that uh, uh, since you're not Gentiles, basically, and be not like the Gentiles. And you need to follow, get away from those and not have your minds darkened or harden your hearts against God. He says in verse 20 in, uh, in Ephesians, going back to Ephesians, he says, but that is not, and that isn't what you learned about Christ since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him. He says, throw off your old sinful nature, and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. He says we need to renew our thoughts or to renew our minds. You know, here's what happens when you renew your mind, you change your attitude. You change your attitude. A renewed mind means a changed attitude. Everybody said with me, a renewed mind means a changed attitude. Have you ever looked at somebody and said, you got a tube? You know, they don't say attitude, they just said, you got a tube. And I probably, we probably all said that to somebody in one, some time or another in our lives, looked at them, you, you need, you need to change your attitude. Well, that's what God's telling us. You need to change your attitude, but you're not going to change your attitude until you change your thoughts. But when you change your thoughts, guess what? You'll have a new attitude. Amen. It's amazing how how your life changes. When you get saved, you change. How many was when you got born again, you changed? I mean, you knew you changed. Glory to God, things changed on the inside of you, but you still thought the same way, you still talked the same way, you still acted the same way, but you knew you were born again. You were sincerely true when you said, Jesus, come into my heart and come into my life. And here's what God wants you to do. He don't want you just to be saved in the sense of getting to go to heaven. That's a good thing. He wants you to start acting like it. He wants you to act like it. And he says, you've got to change your mind. You've got to change your thoughts. You've got to listen to the Word of God. The only thing that can change your thoughts is the Word of God. It says, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. What happens when you put something on? Everybody can see it. Am I right? I don't have to wonder what you wore to church. I don't have to come up to you and say, now, what did you wear to church? I can see what you wore to church. It's kind of like I don't. Somebody ought not have to ask me if I'm a Christian, huh? They ought not have to come up and say, "Well, I didn't know you was a Christian after all these years. You're saved. I didn't know that." Hello. <laughs> anyway, should we move on? Come on, listen. If you put it on, it's going to be seen, huh? And so, put on Christ. Change your 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 thoughts. Uh, renew your mind. And as you renew your mind, your attitude begins to change. Listen to me. We all got tudes at time, but I tell you what, our toods, our attitudes are to be getting better. Verse twenty five says this. Listen to this. So stop telling lies. Let each of uh, let us tell. <clears throat> let me restart over. <clears throat> So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. So stop telling what? Lies. Have you ever thought, why does it bother God so much for people to lie? I mean, after a while, you know, everybody does it. And most people do. What he tell us to do? Stop. Who's he talking to? Who was he talking to here? He was talking to Christians. You reckon any of them lied to him? And he says, stop telling lies. And I want to read over here in John 8, 44 and let you see something. John 8.44, and I just wrote it down. Junior can turn there, or, or that ain't Junior. Well, it's close to Junior, it's his mama. And John 8.44, in the New Living Translation, says, For you are, for you are the children of your father, the devil. This is Jesus talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, actually, the religious leaders. And it says, And you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You say, what does that mean? Because when somebody lies, they're imitating him. And to imitate God, you have to tell the truth. So why does God hate lying so much? Because it's depicting who they were, not who they are. And so he says, stop Telling lies. I, I heard somebody say, you need to t- the t- tell the truth when it hurts. You said, well, what does that mean? Instead of signing a flyer coat something, go ahead and just tell the truth about it. But see, I look even further into that and I look at it in a spiritual aspect because it does affect you spiritually whether we know it or not. But the thing about it is, l- listen to me and, and, and just take notice of what I'm, I want to say here. We need to quit lying to ourselves. You know, if we're not to lie to our neighbor, don't lie to yourself. See, you said, what did he say, what did Paul say we needed to speak to one another? The truth. The truth. See, sometimes we lie to ourselves in the sense of not speaking the truth to ourselves. It's kind of like if you're sick and you're going around saying you're sick. Well, you're really not telling the truth. Now listen to me. Don't run out of here and slap me or throw throw stones at me. And when you're saying, "Well, I'm just sick. I'm just getting sicker. I'm going to..." Well, what you're doing is lying to yourself. Because the truth is, by Jesus' stripes, you're healed. According to the way God sees you, let me help you a little bit. God don't see you as being sick. He sees you through the blood of Christ that purchased your healing. So God sees you as being healed, not as being sick. So many times we are telling ourselves something that the Word of God is telling us something different. And I'm telling you, you've got to get to the place where you start speaking the truth to yourself. Huh? And people say, if you ever had, 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 or said to yourself or talked about yourself, well, I just can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do that, I'm just ignorant, I can't do all this, when you need to start telling yourself the truth. You know what the truth is? Somebody's already got it. The truth is I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, if I want to uh, talk right to me, then I need to be talking the truth to me because the truth is going to cause freedom in my life and the truth is going to cause success in my life and the truth is going to bring light to my mind instead of darkness. So Paul knew this. He said, you've got to start speaking the truth to yourself. You've got to start speaking your truth to your neighbors. Listen to me. It's one thing. Listen to me real good. You don't need to be speaking the truth to one person to turn around and speaking a non-truth to somebody else. Well, I'll talk to you because you're spiritual and I'm going to speak to you on a spiritual level. Well, I'm going to talk to these over here that's not spiritual and they're going to understand my fleshly side because I'm going to talk the doom and gloom of it to them, but I'm going to talk the truth of it to you. Well, that don't work either because it's a double-mindedness that we set up in our lives and we say one thing to one person, turn, turn around and say another thing to another person, and next thing you know, there's double-mindedness in the Bible. says that man shall not receive anything from God. Huh? So we've got to get our mind fixed on the truth and and, and not tell lies and and speak and tell a lie. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And uh, I kind of wrote this down. The reason God hates lying is because when people lie, they're imitating the devil because he is the father of lies. We're imitating God when we speak the truth. Psalms 1017 says, He who works deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. Shall I read it again? He who war, uh, works deceit shall not dwell in, within my house. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. Mm, that's pretty strong, isn't it? Psalms 107, 1017. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says this. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. What did God say He does about it? He don't like it, huh? He loves the truth. Amen. Now listen, we all—if we're not careful, we all stretch truth a little bit. Let me tell you, a stretched—I don't mean to be ugly. I'm trying not to be. A stretched truth is a and we've all done it. God, help us right now. God, we're all repenting right now of all the stretch, stretch, stretched truths. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, that's just a little white lie. Well, what's a little dark lie? <laughs> come on. What did he tell us not to do? Did he tell us not to lie? He said, preacher, I should have come on a different Sunday Wednesday night. No, 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 no. You should have come on this one. Come on now. Come on why? One well, because the truth is what brings freedom in our life. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So Paul was talking to Christian people and tell them, don't lie, tell your neighbors the truth, speak the truth, uh, because we're all a part of the same body. Now listen to verse 26. It says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. He's telling us to quit quit letting, uh, to change our, our, our minds and our thoughts and our attitudes. He's telling us to stop lying. And now he's telling us to stop, uh, don't let sin, uh, don't sin by letting anger control you. Uh, don't let sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now listen to me, anger, I kind of wrote this down, what what I write down? Anger is not a bad thing as long as you're in control of it. Is anger wrong? God gets angry. Jesus got angry. It's, a, it's an emotion that we all have. Can anybody get mad besides me? Huh? Sometimes if we're not careful, we, we sin in anger by what we do, by what we say. By our response to certain things, that's why I think think, uh, James says, "Be slow, uh, slow to speak, uh, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath." Because he said, "If you're not careful, if you don't watch out, you will give a devil a foothold in your life." Huh? You, You know all the things. Most of the things we hear. Uh, going on in the world today, all the evil, the destruction, the murders and all this. If you'll hear a lot of what's going on, people killing their children and stuff like that, they're, they're mad because they won't sit crying. Something's going on in their life and they don't stop crying. And, and so they beat them to death and such as that. Why? Because they let anger control them. So he says, you've got to control your anger. Anger is not wrong as long as it's dented right and as long as have handled directly because some people, if they don't get mad, will never stand up to the devil. If they don't get angry, they'll never stand up to the devil. When, that, when, they, if they don't get uh, ha, get enough of uh, having enough, or or, or done uh, done uh, get to the place where I'm tired of the devil running over me, I'm tired of what the devil's doing in my life. Well, you're getting mad, and you start to stand up with the word, and stand up to the truth, and you start standing against him, and you start receiving the the uh, the uh, 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 the answers that God wants you to have. But listen to me: if you're not careful, you can get mad, and that anger can control you. He says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Have we ever let him have a hold? Huh? I have. I don't know if y'all have or not. The sad thing is you wake up just as mad as you were when you went to bed. Huh? And guess what? It don't do nothing but make us miserable, does it? You women are just go ahead and apologize to your husbands before you go to bed. Don't get mad. I'm kidding. Don't get mad. I see them darts coming out of eyes. Don't, don't do that. Don't please. God forgive me for saying that. Mark that off the tape. Don't let that be heard. Huh? I don't know. I made it sound like it was just in a husband and wife relationship. You know, we, people get mad about a lot of stuff. People carry anger for years. It's called unforgiveness. It's called bitterness. And they carry it for years in their life. And he said, don't let the sun go down and you've let years go down on it. What in the world's been produced in those years if God don't even want you to let the night go through without you repenting and getting your hearts right? Anger is something we live in a country that's full of anger. Full of anger. And if we're not careful, we get wrapped up in it. Oh, the church ought not be wrapped up in angry. See, if you want to vent your anger, vent it towards the devil and pray for change in whatever situation you need changed. Amen? Praise God. Because the church can change some things if we will. And being angry about it is not going to change it. Unless our anger puts us to a place of prayer. Is this good? your anger should put you in a place go, well I don't like what so and so, I don't like them pray about it. I've seen God turn situations around and you know, I, I you know, even in the politicians and stuff like this, people live in anger over all that stuff's going on Congress, Senate, all that stuff and and mad and stuff like this. Listen to me, there's nothing we can do about it except pray. They're there. I said they're there. And I'm telling you what we are to be praying is God touch their hearts. Change their hearts. Let the United States be... be a, uh, 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 their, their, their number one purpose is to make life better for America. Huh? And pray. In fact, the Bible tells us we are to pray for them first. Pray for them. Why? Because we get mad and we can get upset and we can get angry. But what we're doing, we, if we're not careful, we allow the devil to come in. Huh? And so we need to be careful at what we say and what we do because God wants to change some things, and, and anger may put us to the point where we pray and we take action concerning it. See, a lot of things get done because people got mad about it and they put their they put started putting some things into action to change it. Proverbs fifteen eighteen says a wrathful man stirs up strife. But he who is slow to anger allays contention, which is puts it off or stops it. Proverbs nineteen eleven, the New Living Translation says, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. I want you to go all the way to back to the, the first book in the Bible, which is Genesis. Go to chapter 4, and I want to read some things here, and I want you to listen to it. Is this all right on Wednesday night? I hope I hope it's all right. Listen, we all we we all need we we all need to hear this. It's in the Bible. It was written to the church. So we need to hear it. In verse 1, it says, Now Adam had sexual relationships with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. And when she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help I have produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. This is New Living Translation. It says, when the, when, when it was time for the harvest, Cain, uh, presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel's gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked, and he looked dejected. Now listen, I, I read this, uh, today, and, and, and I, I just, I guess some things jumped out at me. I, I've read this many times. I preach from it. Notice what it says. Cain became very angry. Why? Because God accepted Abel what he did and rejected what he did. Now, there's a lot of people says why he did and why he did and I'm not going to talk about none of that stuff. All I know is there was, there was obviously a reason why Cain was dejected or rejected by God and Abel was accepted. What he gave was accepted. It had to do something with the attitude of heart, obviously, and by what they gave. Now, look at what it says in verse 6. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look Dejected, and it jumped on me. This man was a man who knew God, or God wouldn't even be communicating with him. God came and started talking to Cain. Remember, he used to come to the cool of the day to talk with Adam and Eve, and God. Don't you know he? They shared. You know, God used to come visit with us every afternoon, and all of a sudden, these guys obviously struck up a relationship with God. They got to know God. They invited, him. and now God's talking to Cain. God, Elijah, is talking to Cain and he's talking to God. So we can assume he had a relationship with the Lord, with God. He says, you will be accepted if you do what is right. Listen to what he says. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. He's telling Cain, listen to me, you're mad and you're upset, but be very careful at what you do while you're mad because sin or the anger wants to control you and take control of your life. Now God's talking to him. God is telling him this. You know who's telling us in Ephesians what not to be angry? God. The Holy Ghost. God knows what happens when anger takes control and God loses control or you lose control. He says you must control it or you must master it. What did he tell him you have to master? You have to gain control and master your emotions of anger because your next step could have major consequences on your relationship with people and God. Am I right? Now, I'm bringing this up because you've got to realize this man's out there talking to God. I mean, he just sitting there he, and just talking to God. God Almighty. Everybody shout God Almighty. God Almighty. See, why is that important? He's God. He's telling him what not to do. And one day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And, and while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. You know what he did? He did not let this thing, he did not can take control over it. He brooded over it. He just brooded over it. It says one day. We don't know how many days it was. It just said one day after he thought of it long enough, said, I'll tell you what, I'm kind of fed up with this. I'm just going to go ahead and take care of this situation and I'm going to invite Cain Abel out there and I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to, take, I'm going to kill him. And all the time, I guarantee God, that's, that, that, what God had told him, you better take control of it, you better master it, you better subdue it. And he didn't do it. Afterward, here it is again, afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where's your brother? Where's Abel? I don't know. Cain responded, am I my brother's guardian? I don't know. What blew, you know what blew me away most of this story is? the fact that he sat there and had a a relationship with God to the point that they just talked to one another. They talked to one another. See, it tells me that Christians can step across the line when they get angry because they do not allow the Holy Ghost and the power of God to rise up on the inside of them to be greater than the anger that's trying to overwhelm them. Anger is a powerful, powerful force. We all know that, don't we? It's a powerful force. It caused Cain to slay Abel. And it says, "This one said, But the Lord said to him, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you. Now what was he? He was a grower. He was a farmer. No matter how hard you work, from now on, you will be a homeless wander on the earth. There's consequences. Cain replied to the Lord. "Here he is, just having a conversation with God. My punishment is too great for me to bear." You have banished me from the land, and listen to this, and from your presence. You have banished me from the land and from your presence. You know, Cain was a person, obviously, that experienced the presence of God all the time. And one of the things that his anger caused was him being banished from the presence of God. Wow. Wow. It's amazing of what anger can do when it's not controlled and subdued. Even when God told him, do not let anger have its place. Do not cause it to cause you to live in sin or sin. Do not let it... Uh, here's the deal. God knew what He's wanting to do. Does God know our thoughts? Sure. We think I don't think God knows my thoughts. Well, Jesus knew their thoughts. In the Bible, he knew their thoughts and he would answer their thoughts. And here we are. We're sitting here thinking, God already knew to him. He said, "Listen, I know Cain's already said, I'm going to kill that boy. I'm going to kill my brother. I'm so mad at my brother, I'm going to kill him." He said, "Hold on, Cain. Be care. don't do it. Don't do it. God couldn't even talk him out of it. Let 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 me listen. God could God could have you know, God's pretty big. He could have probably said, you're not going to do it. I re- I, you're, you're not going to do this. You're not going to do it. I'm just going to stop you. No, no, no. He gives men a, a choice and they get to choose what they do. And Cain got to choose that. And because of what Cain chose, he said, my punishment is too much for me to bear. You banish me from the land and from your presence. I don't know about you, but one of the hardest things in the world would be from God's presence. Even Jesus, when he was uh, uh, hanging on the cross and he took our sins, he said, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" I know that that moment is when he was he was uh, separated from the presence of God. He took he he was separated so we could be uh, uh, received into God's presence. He says, "You've banished me from the land and from your presence. You have made me a homeless wander." Anyone who finds me will kill him. Now listen to this. He says, you have made me a homeless wanderer. You know what he's doing? Blaming God for what he did. It, it, does it sound like that to you? He says, you have made me. He said, no, 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 you made you. You made you. No, no, I didn't make you. Didn't you remember what I told you not to do? Did you forget that? He says, you have made yourself a homeless wonder, not me. You know why we get the instruction of the Word of God? To cause us to get to live a good life. A prosperous, successful life. A life of peace and joy. Even though we get upset and we get mad, we have to be very careful. The Bible gives us instructions about not to let the sun go down on our wrath and don't give the devil no foothold or no place. And Cain gave the devil a place when God says you are to subdue it or you are to control it or you are to conquer that. The Lord replied, no, for I will give a sevenfold punishment to anyone who kills you. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. So he left the Lord's presence. I'm going to tell you, that was a sad day for Cain. A sad day for Cain. Because I guarantee you, those words that God spoke to him prior to that was probably ringing in his ears. Huh? Huh? I, I remember somebody telling me one time, and and uh, about a situation with his daughter, and and uh, this uh, this guy was a, a Christian man, spirit filled, and all, and the uh, the guy I guess the the young man was just uh, stalking her basically, and he told him he said D- to leave his daughter alone and don't come back to his house. He had dated or something like that, and. And uh, he said, uh, he saw that young man coming up to his house and he said, I know what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to knock him out. And he said, all the while, the Holy Ghost was saying, don't do it. Don't do it. How many knows when you start to do, if you're, if you're saved and you've got the Holy Ghost inside of you, he will warn you not to do some things. And he said, when that young man started walking up here, he said, I'm going to knock him out. And the Holy Ghost said, don't do it. Don't do it. He said, when he walked up, he just decked him. And he said, you do not know what my mind, how my mind was tormented after I did not obey God. He said, I dealt with it for weeks. I dealt with it for months. I dealt with it. Why? Because I flat out did what God told me not to do because I was mad. You think Cain thought about it day after day after day? I'm going to tell you," he said. "Don't give the devil no foothold. Give him no place." Colossians three, real quick. I'm just going to quit. Colossians three. You see, I thought this would be a happier service tonight. Well, it's. <laughs> well, it'll, it'll it'll be a whole lot happier when you remember this. When you get so mad you want to knock somebody upside the head, and you don't do it, you'll be a whole lot happier, right? Praise God. In verse 8, it says, But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. It says, Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature... And be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. Hallelujah. And become like Him. Isn't God good that He would put stuff in the Bible to help us to live a blessed life, to enjoy our lives? Hallelujah. I found out sometimes we just have to learn to swallow our pride. Huh? If we took... I I can't, can't forget, I keep reminding of the Scripture when I get mad and I'm wanting to do something, after in vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Okay, God, you kill them. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He don't do that. Amen. He don't do that. And uh, the thing about it is the Bible actually says by loving them and being kind to them, you heap coals of fire upon their head. By you doing what you're doing like God, he says you're heaping coals of fire upon their head and bring conviction on them. But I'm telling you something. God wants you to have a blessed life. And he wants it to be an angry, not angry free because we you, we all we're going to get angry. I, I I just we're just going to get mad, and uh, I'm not prophesying over you. I just know we're all we're all we can get upset and angry. But I tell you what, I've vented a lot of my anger in prayer and see things change. And if you'll vent that thing in prayer and in intercession and start praying for individuals uh, and start start declaring the word over them, start watching God change it. Start watching God change it. Amen? And uh, God, will, God will cause you to be friends or cause a, a, a reconciliation. And uh, it's it's terrible to have enemies, even though we all do have enemies. But the Bible says, listen to me in closing, when a man's ways please the Lord, he'll even make his enemies to be at peace with him. So if we'll just keep our hearts right with God, I'm telling you, God will work some things out. Amen? Just remember this preaching tonight, and you can control and subdue anger, and don't let anger control you. I've, I've heard, of course, you watch the news, you see most everything that happens, all these shootings, and all stuff. That's people's just angry; they're just mad, and they have they don't know how to control it, they don't know how to stop it. But we have a controlling force on the inside of us, and His name is the Holy Spirit. And He's on the inside of us. Just like that that friend of mine, he said, God told him, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And He did it. All the while, the Holy Ghost is trying to stop Him. You say, well, God didn't want Him to hit Him? Let me tell you what God concerned about was the way He felt after He did it. Amen? Has anybody felt rotten after you did something? You knew that God told you not to do it? Well, we we don't want to feel that way, do we? Anyway, I'm done. I'm going to quit tonight. Amen. Nobody angry out there, are you, over this? (laughs) You can go out and say, well, that message made me mad. (laughs) Well, pray for me. (laughs) Don't do anything but pray for me. Amen. Praise God. Well, Paul's trying to help us. The letters are trying to help us live a good life. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Praise the Lord.